Support for Market Foolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com/fool. It's Wednesday, April 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Hidden Gems and Stock Advisor Abby Mallon. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We're taping a little early in the week, because uh, I mentioned on yesterday's episode, uh, it's a short week for us. Market's closed on Friday, so we're going to take Thursday off. But, you know. Sounds I, good. We, <laughs> sounds good. Abby Mallon, speaking for all the listeners, thank God. Thank God Market Fuller's taking a day off so we could listen to something else, anything else. Um, let, let's start with restaurants, because that's an area that I know you cover. In your work as an analyst, and the big news last week of Panera Bread being taken private for the tidy sum of seven and a half billion dollars, I was surprised when the news broke. Just because, uh, and I mentioned this last week, that this was a restaurant that was operating really well, and uh, particularly with the backdrop of JAB Holding. They typically tend to buy, in their case, coffee companies and also Krispy Kreme donuts. They tend to buy companies when they are a little bit more troubled, a little bit more beaten down. They were buying Panera Bread at the height of their powers. Were you? I guess my first question is: Were you surprised as well when you saw this news? This is a popular stock in the Motley Fool universe. Did it surprise you that they were going private? I mean, I guess of all the options out there. This definitely seems like one that they would have had to pay and did pay a hefty premium for. Um, Panera is definitely not necessarily in a turnaround strategy at all right now. They've definitely beaten um, industry standards in terms of store comps and traffic. So, a bit surprising, I would agree. So, one of the ripple effects of this, I think, is that if you're an investor and you're looking at restaurants and you want to invest in a restaurant concept that you believe in that's performing well, all you know, all of those things. We'll get to the macro stuff in a minute, but Panera was on that list and now they're gone. So if you're an investor looking at restaurants, where are you looking now? Yeah, I think one thing that's kind of interesting is that their CEO has come out and said that he was really excited by this opportunity because um, there's a lot of burdens with being public in terms of time and um, management and things that he has to think about. He even said, I think two thirds of his investors he thinks think quarter to quarter, and he likes to think more long term. So he saw going private as an opportunity for Panera to think more in ten year stretches. So. I think that's something we preach at The Fool, to think more long-term. And I think maybe looking for that in your management, for restaurants especially, is something that we should look for going forward. Are there any management groups that sort of leap out at you, or even just concepts that you look at and you think, you know what, that's one that can grow beyond where they are right now? Yeah. I mean, we've definitely heard about the restaurant recession. I think this is two parts a little bit. Um, The first part of that is that we have about one restaurant for every 500 people in the U.S., and in terms of square footage, the U.S. has 23 square feet of retail space for both food and non-food for every person, which, when you compare both of those statistics internationally, it's pretty well above anyone else. Um, so we have a lot of competition here, and I think competition just sort of brings a shakedown, right? So you're going to see the best of the best really exceed, and you're going to see the not best sort of flounder. The and not best, I love that. The not best. <laughs> so um, I think. 
in terms of being sort of risk averse in this industry right now, I think one easy way to do that is go for people who have pretty easily identifiable competitive advantages or brands. And um, one player I actually really like is Re- Carol's Restaurant Group. So they trade on NASDAQ under the ticker TAST. And they are the largest franchiser of Burger Kings in the world with 790 locations. Um, I think something that's kind of interesting about them is that they're a really high efficiency operator and they also pursue this sort of cost leadership strategy. So they're not trying to attract this sort of ambiguous middle market that maybe Chipotle has gone after, some of these other fast casuals that we've seen grow in relevancy, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there's something to be said for fast food. As much as it may be bad for you, Americans still love it. <laughs> That's true. We do. Um, before we move off of restaurants for a second, uh, I think, and this is something Aaron Bush and I have talked about, because he, he and I had very different consumer experiences with Panera, specifically okay. with the one right across the street. Um, <laughs> in short, um, mine was very good. Mine's been very good. Um, his not so good. And and I think that there is a temptation, particularly with restaurants, to take our own experiences as consumers and apply that to investing in a way that we're essentially over-indexing for our own experience. So, Are you asking me if I eat a lot of Burger King? No, no, I wasn't going I there. I don't. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I w- but but I, I, I think that is a risk for people to say, well, I like the food there, therefore I'm going to buy shares. That's Absolutely. not necessarily the way you want to go. So, besides same-store sales, which right. is a very important metric with restaurants, moving that aside, what is one other metric that investors should look at when they are thinking about a restaurant. Yeah. The key in restaurants, I think, is um, efficiency. So, if you look at gross margins or any of, really any of the margins as you trickle down, you want to make sure that they're able to, because the restaurant industry typically operates at lower margins than, say, like a lot of other industries, um, it's important to make sure that they're at least on average, if not above. What is the like average relative to just the, the industry at large? Average relative to the industry at large. So, um, I'm not quite sure offhand how it breaks it down, but I would assume that fa- um, like the lower end restaurants have a lower margin just because there's only so much you can increase your price for, and they would go up from there. So, definitely keeping your peer group that you're comparing it to in mind, but certainly thinking of margins. All right, we've got Easter coming up this weekend, and then earnings season really kicks off in earnest next week. Uh, when you think about earnings season coming up, any companies that are on your radar that you're particularly curious about to see how they do, or that you think, wow, they we're long-term investors at The Motley Fool, but in the short term, this company really needs a hit? Um, I'm not sure, so sure that they really need a hit, but I'm actually pretty excited to see Ulta Beauty's results. I think that they're um, as we talk about retail being a little bit oversaturated, they're one of those people that are sort of bucking that trend. Um, they sell both mass and prestige products for cosmetics, fragrance, skincare, and hair products. And I think part of the reason that this works really well in brick and mortar is that they have a lot of trial op- like products throughout their stores, and they also operate salons, which is sort of a growing category for them. Um, while it's not huge, I still think that this is they've proven to be so far one of those few 
retail gems out there. They ha- they have a membership program, right? They do. And it, I forget the number, but I just 23 remember- million people <laughs> driving 90% of their all- overall sales. That's astonishing to me. Huge. That Huge. Uh, it, I mean, this isn't a knock on Alta Salon, but just the idea that there would be any any business in this space that has that I mean, there are I mean, going back to restaurants, there are so many restaurants that would kill to have 23 million people in their loyalty program. Definitely. I think, um, like I said, they do both mass and prestige products. And this is sort of like your CVS brands all the way up through your really high end brands. And I think that sort of providing that one space to get everything and having a knowledgeable staff who's able to help you find everything is really their advantage. I don't, I'm not on Snap. Not on Snap. I'm not on Snapchat. Um, I am on Snap. You are on Snapchat. Um, when you look at that business, yeah, are you are you intrigued at all, or do you just look at it and the analyst side of you know you've got the personal side that uses Snapchat, right? The analyst side looks at it and says what? Um, I wouldn't. I don't personally hold it right now, and I don't think it's necessarily something I'm interested in jumping into for my personal holdings. But I definitely think it's an interesting story to play out. I was watching, there was a study that came out not that long ago about um, social media and how it perce- or how it affects people's happiness and things like that over time. And Snapchat was one of the only social medias that's proven to actually make people happier. And I think it has to do with the fact that it's really short, it's really quick. It's not these staged, beautiful photos. It's just supposed to be like funny things that go away in a couple seconds. So, which is different than a lot of our social medias, where people spend this whole time building a brand and an image and a personal perception almost. It's also because you're. I'm assuming it's also because you're. It's something you're sharing just with a specific group of friends, as opposed to like. Hey, every like absolutely everyone who follows me on Twitter, or absolutely everyone right. I've ever been Facebook friends with. Here's this picture of me that you know presumably lasts forever. Correct. <sighs> but there, I mean, right now it's pretty interesting. I definitely see it. I think it's a little overhyped right now, but I definitely think maybe there's some way for them to shake out profitably in do, the long term. Do you see ads at all? I mean, I'm. So um, similar to like now they have Instagram stories, you have Snapchat stories. So it's like I don't send it to someone; it's just anyone that's on my Snapchat friends list. And recently, they've started rolling out where after you watch, like if you post a story and I watch your story, right at the end of yours, it'll roll right into an ad. So you can close it, but it definitely plays. And there are ads. And then there's also um, different brands can make stories at the bottom that people will watch. <sighs> Yeah, it's I, I yeah. I, I guess I'm just too old. That's what it is. I'm just too old. You're not too old. I'm, you have a Twitter. Uh, yes, yes, but that's not that's not Snap. And you know what? If you're Snap, you're yeah. You want to grow your user base, but I don't think I don't think Snap. I don't think they're sitting around headquarters over at Snap and going, man, how do we get the geezers? How do we get the old dudes involved in this platform? Um, you never know. <laughs> before we get to our next story. Uh, I got to say thanks to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and has your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial information to get a mortgage approval in minutes, and you can even adjust the rate and the length of your loan in real time to make sure make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So, if you're looking to buy a home, 
and some of you probably are, or if you're looking to refinance your existing mortgage, which you know maybe a couple of you are, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. So skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com/fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. All right, I got to ask you about something because longtime listeners know that um, one of the things that just confuses me on the consumer retail front is, and this, there are a few companies where this plays out, but one where it really plays out is Bath and Body Works, and that is uh, the scented candles. Just the number of scented candles that you can buy at Bath and Body Works really astounds and confuses me. Uh, just in time for Easter, they have one called Sugared Candy, <laughs> Sugared Candy Bunny. I'm I, like, like I can. I don't know what that smell. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's got a picture of a bunny on it, and I get the whole. Oh, it smells sweet. I understand that part. And that's the thing, Bath and Body Works. It's the combination of stuff that they're throwing out there. Like, just you know, we're we're good with cinnamon. We don't need cinnamon swirl bunny whatever. Um, but you're are, are you a candle maker now? Is that what I understand? Um, I'm kind of a candle snob. Okay. So, so my... you, I wouldn't catch you at a Bath and Body Works with the the sugared candy bunny scented candles. No, you wouldn't. Okay. Um, but for Christmas, my sister did get me a make your own candle kit because. I am a candle snob, so okay. I've spent more money on candles than you should. So where? Okay, so for <laughs> for people who are looking for something higher end, for yeah. people who are also candle snobs, you know what? There are all kinds of snobs out there. Why not be a candle snob? Yeah. What? Um, what In my defense, I have a really strong sense of smell, I, so I'm I really particular. The, right. About all what the it more important be. to be snobbish right. if you're sensitive to smells. Right. So what? So what do you if if you know? If you're burning candles at home, what is it? What does it smell like? Is it seasonal? Is it like, well, it's the holidays, so I'm going with something pine scented. Never seasonal. Never seasonal. Never seasonal. Okay. It's always like citrus, but really light, or okay. like clean laundry. That clean kind laundry. Of, like cotton, those kinds of smells. So you have a candle making kit, and is there like a chemistry set where you like two drops of this and three drops of that, and now it's going to be it's going to smell like clean laundry. Yeah, they send you the candle wax, and then they give you essential oils, and you melt the wax, add in the oils, set it, put it in the little canister with the wick and everything. Do you follow the recipe exactly, or do you experiment? Um, I've only done it once, but we followed the recipe exactly. We made Egyptian amber candles. Okay, I don't know what that smells like. It's, um, you would know it if you smelled it. It's hard to explain. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this almost vanilla, but like warmer kind of. Warmer vanilla. Why not just, why not, you know what, if they named it warm vanilla. But it's not vanilla. Like vanilla is like really sweet. It's like a lighter, it's different. It's not sugared candy bunny sweet, though. It's not sugared candy bunny sweet. All right. Abby Mallon, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Monday.